defenses. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes? It's your favorite bird boys, and we are back for another episode of Bird Protocol. Before we get into the movie, uh, yeah, we know that we've been a little bit sparse with the content. Things have been a little bit crazy, uh, so our schedule is changing around a little bit as far as uh, the order of shows. We'll talk about that at the end, but uh, hopefully from here on in, we'll be uh, a little bit more consistent. It's just been a bit of a crazy, uh, crazy month or two, um, but but we're good. It's a beautiful day. We're here. Uh, I'm your host, Palm Reader. I'm here with Otis. Otis, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just uh, dealing with a little little hangover. I went a little too heavy on the uh, vodka sodas last night, but you know what? It's all good. It's all good. Uh, you know, I don't feel like as evil, like as like my body doesn't feel like as wrecked. Like since I like since I like stopped drinking beer, like beer, like after like crushing like you know, eight, 12 beers in the night, you know, the next day you just feel like bloated shit. Um, what sucks. It sucks. Cause you have to like, just write a whole day off, which as if you just crush a bunch of vodka, you feel, you just feel like you just got punched a lot by a Russian guy, which yeah. is okay. Like what, like headshots only like, I, <laughs> like I'm okay with headshots. If you want to punch me in the head, that's fine. But if you punch me in the stomach a bunch, like that's, terrible like don't punch me in the stomach yes uh me me as well uh both otis and i had a had a wonderful time around the fire last night uh and uh and it was a it was a good time but i'm a little rough a little worse for wear and i have to say i should have been smart enough to finish watching the movie this week's movie uh yesterday because watching the second half of this movie with a hangover uh is um quite quite the unsettling experience because you're not sure if you feel sick from what you're seeing or or if you're off put from that or your head hurts from that or if it's just the um white claws you know yeah i like i can't imagine watching this movie with a hangover like yeah, my was, uh, my my watching for today consisted of watching fucking rescue rangers so yeah, totally different, totally different vibes, which is also, you know, kind of the transition we're doing from, you know, last episode to this episode. Oh, yeah. This this movie is the antithesis. Last week was wholesome and uh, and and just fun. I guess not last week, last episode. Um, Kiki's Delivery Service uh, and Studio Ghibli. I mean, they've got some stuff that's a little bit more emotionally heavy, Graveyard of the Fireflies and stuff like this, but... Yeah, like, thematically it can get dark, but, like, you know, you're not going to see uh, Kiki suspending a man in air by hooks and as, like, she, like, you know, plays with his nipples. Yeah, uh, you're... And, yeah, you're... Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> let's get right to it, because this one is quite the film. Um we decided to talk about some modern Japanese cinema, um, modern-ish. The modern is still 20 years old. Yeah, <laughs> it's still 20 years old, but um, it, it the film that we're doing this week, it was banned in some countries. Um, it There is very, very controversial, but um, critically, a lot of people understand what was being done. And, uh, and 
it's almost gory to the point of and perverse to the point of uh of like it being funny like it becomes almost absurdist like almost com- comedic at times um yeah. and uh and this i will say uh for all people listening tr- this I don't like to to you know bring out the trigger warning on uh, on on uh, on willy nilly. I'm not gonna wantonly bring it out. Uh, this film features um, torture, uh, a word that rhymes with grape, and um, uh, yeah, all types of sexual violence. Yeah, sexual and violence, violence, and violence and in general. All uh, of the violence is in this movie played up. Yeah, as you said, at times almost comedic. Um, yeah, which is strange. This movie is almost a precursor to like movies like Saw and Hostel and movies that are intentionally super violent. But this one, you know, Takashi Mike's also, you know, the filmmaker, he also makes a million movies and has like just the most insane style of like, like, yeah, this movie's he, fucking insane. He goes, makes, yeah, he goes. How it got made makes no sense. Yeah, and he goes from, um, which I also learned it's Takashi Miike is how you say it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just learned that today. I I always thought it was just Mike, but Miike. I guess that's how you say I mean, it. So my I bad for saying it wrong. Forget that there's multiple eyes in there. I just I just see Mike. Yeah, um, uh, and he he is a <laughs> sorry. Pro, he is a prolific. Uh, Japanese filmmaker made tons and tons of movies of all different types. He's done period pieces, samurai films. He's done uh, kind of adaptations of uh, children's anime films. He's done dramas. And then he's done the film, a little film known as Ichi the Killer. That's what we're talking about this week. And again, trigger warning, uh, this movie is... Uh, perverse, uh, blood-soaked, and just absolutely batshit insane. Um, with that being said, uh, it is well, masterfully well created. There's some CGI parts that haven't aged super well, but um, yeah, there's some hilarious just and some unnecessary CGI. Like his cigarette ember is yeah. CGI, which is like okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but it is a film that is controversial. Uh, and as we said, it has been banned in some places because of how violent it is and how, uh, like this, again, the antithesis of last week, um, it is a Yakuza action film, but really it's a film about like, it's just like like a perverted violence like yeah it's also like a body horror at times it is yeah i don't know if you took like the yakuza game and like flushed it through i don't know david cronenberg and like a bdsm club like that's (laughs) this is what you would get yeah man um and it's it's insane. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I mean, we're going to probably break down some of the kills in this film, um, and the, which are insane. Um, also the characters are all, uh, insane. Um, the um, logic of a lot of the things that happen in this film are, is 
completely insane, but somehow it it's done put together in such a way and almost reaches kind of a comedic self-aware level uh, that yeah i mean the opening scene and like title sequence is something that i don't even think i've seen in like the filthiest of pornos yeah it's it's in, it's it's intense this is an intense uh intense film um it is based on a manga which as a matter of fact is worse than the film um uh, it's Hideo Yamamoto's uh manga series of the same name uh and uh and uh in my research many people have replied to uh you know YouTube videos or articles on this film and said oh you think this is fucked up you should you should read the manga because it's it's even worse so so to, to understand that Takashi Miike took this and and dulled mm-hmm. it down and it's still banned in multiple countries uh because it's so mentally insane i mean so they cut a girl's nipples off like this movie is wild well i think it can be best summed up with like you know the title sequence in which is a guy in a window a peeping tom the the title ichi the killer which the funny thing about all of the marketing in this movie or of this movie is that it's called Ichi the Killer, but like Ichi himself isn't actually on any of the posters. Like you would be led to believe that I forget his uh, Kakihara, uh, Kakihara was, yeah, Kakihara, yeah, that he is Ichi the Killer. If you looked at a poster, you'd be like, oh, that freak, that's a killer. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it's uh, totally different and. The movie starts off with the real Ichi the Killer watching a, you know, a violent sexual assault while masturbating. And the actual film title rises out of his jizz yeah. on the ground. Yeah. He, uh, so that's where the movie yeah, starts. There's a nice, so if you're there's not a ni- on board with that, turn the net episode off. We'll yeah. see you next week with something different. Come back next week. But if you're on board... <laughs> With jizz titles, come on here, <laughs> and man! It, and come on. The, the title is preceded with a very close up of said uh, ejaculate dripping yeah. off of a plant, which he oh, uh, he finishes on. Um, yeah, so this, <laughs> so the movie um, it, it was released in two thousand one. Um, it's uh, it's based on the Ichi the Killer manga. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it goes from pretty much the, uh, opening or the title credits. I mean, the opening, there's the kind of weird drug infused first person point of view camera, very, like French new yeah, way very like French, editing. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to the actual, uh, uh, title card and introduction, which is yes, Ichi, uh, on a balcony masturbating while watching a, uh, I assume it's a pimp of some sort, uh, sexually assault one of his prostitutes. Uh, he, and, uh, and then he, the pimp catches him uh, and he yeah. runs away. Um, so he, there's some characters you need to know about. You'll see in the artwork for this week. Uh, and for most of the artwork, as you said, the, the Kakihara character who is also, um a monster uh yeah (laughs) like like every almost everybody in this movie is just 
a nut the job. Worst. Yeah, like it's insane. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's. <laughs> On the Wikipedia it says it's a Japanese action film and it's been kind of marketed as this, as this like Yakuza action film when really this is kind of, as you said, body horror. Um, it's it's an incredibly gory film um, and it is about a psychologically damaged man who is manipulated into assaulting or killing uh, feuding Yakuza gangs. Um and uh, uh, and then being followed by uh, a, the sadomasochistic enforcer that is Kakihara, who is following him not just to get him, but because he feels that Ichi is so depraved and violent that he can finally make him feel good because he likes pain. Uh, so, yeah, this movie is um, fun for the whole family, you know. Oh, yeah, it's fun, family fun. Uh, yeah, if you like uh, sadomasochist behavior, this is right up your alley. Yeah, if, if you just like inflicting all types of pain upon yourself for no reason, or even shock value, there are things where he does it where they're like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have like it, but he's like, I, I, I want to do it. And, you know, he cuts, he dismembers himself in very, mutilates himself in various dis different ways uh other people get uh all types of things ripped torn <laughs> this movie's so fucking crazy like it's like it's hard it's, it's so insane like it is truly like people talk like i remember when like saw and hostel came out and people were like this is fucking insane like this is torture porn and like that's where they coined the term but like this movie's three four years prior and it's like this movie is 20 times more fucking crazy than any like american you know torture movie i've seen yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> it is um but it functions as a whole i mean it's the the yeah. everything in this movie is dialed to 11 and I mean, somehow it works. Uh, but like, I mean, there's like an MK Ultra like subplot almost pretty much. Like, yeah, that's it's, well, that's not even a subplot. That is the plot pretty much. All right, let's get. Well, let me break down the film for those of you who don't know. Um, yeah. So the, as we said, the film starts with the bal balcony masturbating. You know, Iggy the killer coming out of the jizz. Uh, uh, or, or, or a seaman. Um, anyway, then we find out that there was a, uh, a Yakuza boss who has been killed. Um, the cleaning crew arrives at, uh, uh, which is run by Gigi, who becomes a very important character, uh, shows up into the apartment and it is entrails everywhere, blood on the ceiling. The part of one of the things about this movie is people don't bleed lightly, like if you got a paper cut, you would probably in this movie's universe, if you got a paper cut, you would be like spraying the walls. It's like, you know, it's probably where Tarantino yeah. drew a lot of his inspiration for Kill Bill. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Like, and we saw that in, well, I guess, did we see it in Throne of Blood? I guess in earlier samurai films as well. I don't think it happened in Throne of Blood as much, but in other, you know, uh, samurai stuff, so like that's a big thing is the big blood squirts. Like yeah. when you, like if, in samurai films, like if you slash somebody across the chest, there's like a big just splash out. Oh, and you but see like it in this you, movie does it like 
to the 100th. Yeah. And you see it in like, in like uh, certain anime films like Akira where people get shot and it's just like a wave of blood flies everywhere and stuff. Which I guess like this movie is based on a manga. So I I can only assume the manga is very much like that. Like it probably has lots of blood soaked. Apparently uh, it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So uh, they go to this apartment, they clear all of the uh, blood and entrails and, uh, and Gigi credits Ichi uh, for the slaughter. Um, and this sends uh, uh, Kakihara, one of uh, Anjo's enforcers in the Yakuza, who is a sadomasochist. He gets off on being in, on feeling pain and inflicting pain. Um, yeah, he's the type of guy, if you see him on a sidewalk, you're crossing the street. You're not fucking with this guy. Like, yeah, he, he, he dresses like David Bowie, but he looks like a demon. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if you saw this guy in a pit, you would be like, I'm staying away from this dude. This dude's about to bust out the wildest mosh move I've ever seen. And you're, yeah, this guy's face just says, create distance. Yeah. Uh, and so, and the guy, and the the, the actor who, 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 uh, uh, it's uh, Tadanobu Asano, uh, he does a fantastic job. Like he's, he just nails it, even though it makes your skin crawl. Um, Which, he played Raiden in Mortal Kombat, like the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. Oh my god! Hell yeah! Oh my he's god! Also, he's also <gasps> in Silence by Scorsese. He's, it, you know, he's in Forty Seven Ronin. He's in. Uh, oh my uh, god! Uh, yeah, it is him. And he, shit, oh my god! I hadn't seen a picture of him recently and he's got the bleach blonde hair and he's wild, wild, horny and violent. I mean, anyway. without a bunch of piercings in his face and being fucked up, like he's a fucking hot looking guy. Yeah. He's a hot yeah. man. Uh, so anyway, he, Kakihara uh, comes to the apartment that has been clean oh, the next Thor. day. What? Oh yeah. He plays. Um, it's Hogan and Thor. Yeah, man. Ah. That's Hell wild. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't even realize it was the same same dude because he looks so different in this. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he goes. Years ago, so. Yeah, 20, 2001, yeah. 20, 20, 21 years ago. Yeah. Um yeah. so he so so Kakihara shows up and uh he figures, oh, that this Anjo guy fled town with a with a woman and a bunch of the gang's money. Um so he goes to uh the a club that is run by um or where Karen, an English speaking Chinese prostitute, works and is that was Andrew's girlfriend. And uh and that uh he goes and talks to her and says, Oh, she must be he must be still alive. Maybe he was kidnapped, maybe he ran away. Um, and there's kind of just some nothing aside from the gory room at this part has really popped off at the mm-hmm. start. Aside from the like masturbating on the balcony and the gore in the room, it's kind of a straightforward uh, Yakuza film up until this point. Um, but then it kind of goes wild from here. Uh, Gigi, the head yeah. of the uh, cleaning crew, he decides that he is going to, I guess, behind the scenes, he's trying to cause these 
uh, Yakuza gangs to feud with each other. And he's using Ichi through hypnotism and through like gaslighting to kill people. Uh, so, yeah, he's yeah, he's MK Ultraing yeah. fucking Ichi. And Ichi, and Ichi Ichi just wants to like stay at home and play Final Fantasy. Like he's just Tekken. He's Tekken just, is what he's playing. Tekken, that's Tekken, what he's playing. Yeah. Okay. He he's just like an autistic Japanese kid that just wants to get really good at Tekken, which like now is a million dollar career. Like Ichi would be the top of whatever, you know, gaming, yeah. you know. He, he would be just smashing people he, he wouldn't He wouldn't be going into people's houses and then yeah. killing them with his blade boot. Mm-hmm. He'd be um, a top-earning Twitch streamer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but instead, he got MK Ultra'd into being a fucking serial killer. Yeah. So so Gigi shows up and tells Kakihara that uh, a different guy, Suzuki, from uh, the rival clan, has kidnapped uh, Anjo, his boss. And so... Kakihara captures Suzuki and tortures him um, in a scene where this is the first real absolute nuthouse scene where, as Otis had said, uh, Suzuki is suspended from meat hooks. uh, Which uh, is like a real thing in like the BDSM community. There's like a small thing. I forget what it's called. I once watched a documentary or was it a, it was like a freaky weird show about like freaky stuff. And like people actually do this. So oh, like yeah. When I was yeah. like, so people actually like for pleasure, they hang like they hang themselves from meat hooks and like suspend themselves. So I can only imagine that I, I feel like the guy that was playing the guy that was actually being suspended was probably like one of those actual exhibitionist people that enjoyed it. <laughs> Because it looked, it looked, or maybe you know, it's just movie magic, and they just figured out how. Well, how yeah, to I don't hanging, know. But like, I, I know. don't know. There's parts of this where it's you can tell it's definitely practical special effects and CGI, and then there's other stuff where you're. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. So at this point, Kakihara is torturing him for information. Uh, starts by pulling out these, he uses these, I don't know if they're ice picks or they're sewing needles or what they are. Yeah. They are, they are long, uh, long pokers. Um, and he, yeah, I think they're like ice picks. I don't know. Yeah. And so he starts stabbing him through his cheeks and through the bottom of his mouth and running him down his body, threatening to stab him in the, uh, genitals, uh, he also takes boiling water from the tempura he was making as we're introduced to the scene. Uh, he's making some shrimp tempura. He takes the oil, sorry, not water, uh, and he pours it on Suzuki's back and head. And uh, the camera stays on the burning flesh for a moment. And it's pretty uh, rough go. Gross. Rough. Yeah, pretty rough watch. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely not my favorite thing to see. I definitely boiling, yeah, like getting hit with oil has got to be the fucking worst. Like just getting hit with hot oil is definitely the worst thing ever. I think it looks fucking awful. Yeah, that's it's like t- um, a tough go. Uh, what is it in? Season three of American Horror Story. That's the witch one, right, Coven? Do you remember? Did you watch that season? Uh, I don't think I watched. I think I only watched the first two seasons. 
Okay, well, there is an episode where one of the witches, I believe they're working, they're working at like a fast food restaurant or they're at like a fast food restaurant and they like possess somebody to just like shove their hand into like, like a deep fryer. And it is the most fuck. I hate it. Like the sound that they use in movies and like TV shows and horror of like sizzling flesh is the worst. And like I'm, I'm I have that scene just like engraved. There's two multiple. There's two things I think that I hate in horror is sizzling flesh, like flesh being fucking like oil fucking burnt, and eye gouging, which I yeah, know I'm where with the you. eye gouging comes from. That comes from Twenty Eight Days Later, and that one specific scene, which is also one of the greatest scenes ever. But the, those two things have been tw- permanently scarred me. Twenty eight. Oh no, there is eye gouging in the first one too. Yeah, it's in the giant. It's in the iconic scene where he's like sneaking around. And oh he, yeah, he jumps yeah. Down from the when roof he's with the military fucking... people, we got to talk about that movie. Yeah, of course. Uh, this Halloween, but um, anyway, so then they realize that Suzuki is innocent. And uh, there's a kind of a, a standoff between the two gangs, pointing their guns at each other, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and uh, and they realize that Gigi has left. He vanished. Um, and then Kakihara in the next scene uh, to show penance for his what he does. He slices the tip of his tongue off with a sword uh, and hands it to the other boss. Um, and you watch the whole thing. Uh, that's another just, you know, this is going to become run of the mill things getting sliced off or Mm -hmm. people getting stabbed or whatever. Anyway, so he cuts off the tongue and then they go out and they capture Kano. He's a drug, he's a drug, drug. Wait, wait, (laughs) he cuts off his own tongue and then can still say that he can taste the guy's blood from the money and can follow the scent of the blood. Oh yeah, he also meets he also meets up with Karen at that point and talks to her for a bit and shows her his tongue and that's disgusting cuz he's like uh yeah, he's got like a sewed up tongue. Sewed up tongue and he says that he's not worried because the limbs will regrow. There's a lot of lines in this film that just don't make any sense because it's just so absolutely out there and he says, "Yeah, it's fine that I cut it out cuz it'll grow back. My limbs regrow." And I'm like, dude, yeah, you're not a the lizard. Yeah, guy just thinks he's like a hydra. <laughs> he thinks he's a like, lizard. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's an iguana. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then he gets from her the suggestion to capture Kano, who is in a hotel throwing uh, in a very like frenetic and frantic sequence. He's partying and on drugs and throwing the ripping up pillows and throwing the feathers anywhere. And anyway, uh, Kakihara and the gang show up. They capture him. Um, and, uh, and he tells them, oh yeah, I cleaned up the murder scene. Um, uh, but I didn't kill him. It was Ichi, uh, and that Ichi is now targeting, uh, Kakihara that that's who he's coming after now. Um, after that scene, uh, which also during that scene, Kakihara stabs him many times in the face. Uh, and then you see him dead in the streets with, you know, 20 of those ice picks through his head and he's just dead and it's pretty nasty. Um, pretty fucked up. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, and then we cut back to uh, Ichi uh, uh, being on the pimp's balcony again, uh, and he watches him brutalize and beat up uh, another prostitute, one which he is quite fond of, I guess. Uh, and uh, and he was a regular patron of. Um, so he starts crying because Ichi just cries. There's also a part at the start of it where it shows Ichi at work and he's just being yelled at and he's crying, which is like wild. This guy just cries all yeah. the time. Like he just cries constantly. And then he, and then he's got two, three modes, play video games, cry and absolutely go homicidal. <laughs> yeah. And he's also got like a fucking like, like, I don't even. He's got like a super suit. He's got like a fucking SWAT team combat suit. Yeah, with one on the back, which Ichi is one. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you he decides to. Um, uh, uh, there's also a point. I'm trying to trying to keep this short. There's a point in there where you do see Gigi. I can't remember exactly the moment of it, but there is a point where you do see Gigi manipulating Ichi and telling Ichi, you know, um, he, he implanted these memories of him finding a girl who is being assaulted by bullies. And, and he has, he implants memories of, of seeing these horrible things happening and horrible things happening to his family member. He, he, family members, his brother, he like, he, he implants these memories in Ichi's head to manipulate him into killing. And that's how it's revealed. And I also like how the memories are shot. They're shot on like, it must be like a film camcorder with the saturation and oh. grain turned up. Like the way that yeah. they do the kind of flashback stuff is like, it's really stylistic and cool. It definitely shows the age of the film, but it's it's really uh, I I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of similar to like when Jason Bourne is like has like flashbacks to like his like actual life from like. Oh know? yeah, good call, good call. Um, anyway, so at this point he shows up and uh, and he he kills. He comes in. The pimp is yelling at him and calling him names and punching him and stuff, and then he just kills him. Um, he, he, he yeah. pops his little, up until this point, you haven't seen his shoe blades. This is the first scene where he oh, pulls yeah. off the shoe blades. This is one of the, the corny CGI scenes. Cause he cuts him right through the middle and then he, he splits. Uh, yeah. And that's the CGI fucking insane. Like, cause it's like a motorcycle suit of death is how I described it. <laughs> yeah. Like he just shows up break dances and cuts motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's so, what he's doing. So his, the way he hurts people is that he has these blades, which seem like butcher blades that come out of the heel of his, uh, of his boots. And then he just windmill kicks people and cuts their heads yeah. off or slices them in half. Anyway, in this, in this instance, he, uh, he, uh, slices. Is this the one where he slices them in half? I think that that that's the yeah. He like yeah. cuts them in half, and then isn't like the then like the the prostitutes like oh like thanks, and then is this the part where he's like oh now I can beat the shit out of yeah. you, which is the <laughs> so most insane. Up yeah, he saves her. He like cuts her, and then he's like now I'm under new management, you know, like now yeah. it's my turn. I'm going to keep going. And there is like a kind of flashback there where he is talking to her and saying, Oh, like I'll kill him if you want and stuff. But then mm -hmm. he, 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 he attacks her. Um, 
So that's just yeah. And then he that, cuts her head off or something. Um, cuts her face or something yeah. He can, no, he cuts her neck and then the blood sprays everywhere and she's like trying yeah. to grab him and he's just standing there while she's like spewing blood out of her neck. It's uh, again. I, I don't tell don't say I didn't warn you with the trigger warnings. Um yeah, he saves the sailor and then decides that he will take over uh as an act of mercy or whatever cuz he's obviously mentally unwell. He's been MK ultra and gaslit into being this like literal man baby psychopath killer. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, so she tries to grab a bat and that's when he reflexively spins around and slices her in the neck after he says he's going to take over. Um, then we cut. Then we cut to uh, Kakihara getting kicked out of the syndicate of the Yakuza, but the entire gang defects with him. There's also a really funny part there where he leaves out of the door and and Suzuki is there and he's all bandaged up, and then he comes back in the door and swings it open and knocks him over. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm taking everybody with me. Peace. And then he leaves. Uh, and then there's a shot of them all walking down the road, looking in there, looking like a bunch of freaks. Um, and uh, and and this causes Suzuki to reach out to Gigi and says, I'm going to give you a million yen if you get rid of Kakihara. Uh, and uh, and oh, no, this is sorry. I, I had the timeline wrong. This is where it's revealed that uh, Gigi is orchestrating these events in order to pit the clans together. Uh, and or pit the clans against one another with the help of Ichi, who he is manipulating and gaslighting himself. Gigi's just like a freak. Like he's just like he's running. He's running all types of of wild shit. Like he's just yeah. crazy. Um, and uh, and then we have. Um, uh, do we already skip? Are we already past? Okay, the timeline of this movie is just so fucked up, and like I can't remember it. So where's the part of the scene where they go to the nightclub and then Kakahara and Karen just start like pulling a dude's face off? Um, I think that is somewhere in there. I think it might be after yeah. uh, after he leaves the um, the gang. Yeah, that is after he leaves the gang yeah. when he goes to the, and that's also when Karen is like, "Oh, we could get together. Like, I could beat you. Like, I yeah. I know you got those 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 scars and on your face from your old boss beating you, and you you're like horny for it. So mm-hmm. then they pull the guy's cheeks, which is insane, insane um, and hilarious. And when I was watching his movie, I ordered food, and my food got dropped off at my door during that scene so there's like an uber eats driver somewhere that was like oh yeah i dropped food off today and a dude was definitely watching like hentai or like asian porn because that's what it sounds like yeah like when kagohara and Kara, because they're both going like (laughs) i'm like pulling and the guy's like oh it's just a whole lot of groaning and groaning and Asian moaning and yeah. you know screams of pain but it's like are these screams of pain are these playing pains of pleasure yeah my girlfriend multiple times had to like come out and be like i don't like the sound of this movie and i'm like nor do i you know i'm not not a fan of the sound either you know <laughs> i don't like the sounds of torture but 
It's something I got to do. Yeah, this I think it's either it's either right before this scene with because this film is so like frenetic. I'm getting the and I've watched it in two halves. I'm getting it a little bit um, mixed up myself, but it's either. Yeah, just, I also watched it like two weeks or like yeah. a week and a half ago. So so, so it, it's either before the scene where it explains Gigi and Ichi's relationship and it explains the the because it's after the Anjo gang defects with him. And then uh, Suzuki tells Gigi that he wants to have Kakihara killed. Um, And then then it's revealed that Gigi is kind of orchestrating all of these events to pit the clans against each other. And that Ichi is normally cowardly, unassuming, kind of a shrewd, weak guy. But when he's uh, angry, he becomes uh, homicidal and sexually aroused. and that that this is where you get the flashback where Gigi expl- is is manipulating Ichi by putting a bunch of false memories, walking in on the seeing the girl being assaulted in high school, uh, and uses Ichi as like you have to kill the bullies, you have to kill the bad men, and he focuses that rage that he feels from these implanted memories on people. Um, and then either just before that or just after you have the scene where, where Karen and, uh, and Kakihara pull the guy's face at some point after, uh, I can't remember if it's either after he goes into the room and cuts off the guy's face and it slides down the wall, or maybe it's just before where you see Kakihara and Karen, Karen's just punching her punching Kakihara in the face and he's like yeah you don't hit hard enough like I'm not I'm I'm not turned on by this um and there's also a point where Kakihara takes his face things off his his facial piercings and then eats a man's hand who tries to punch him yeah that part's fucking <laughs> so fucking <laughs> like the guy goes to punch him but then he catches his fingers with his teeth and then peels his the flesh off the fingers like he's like like he put a chicken wing in his mouth and just like popped it out and was just bone like it was all like clean like it's, uh like, yeah it's movie is just like like cuz by this point you're like okay i've seen so many different fucked up things i've just seen a face get peeled off what can what else am i going to see oh a guy's just going to eat some guy's fingers like fucking matzo sticks or something like the yeah. fuck um anyway so so uh uh ichi then we see ichi walking he sees a boy being bullied this boy will become important later um uh, he uh he sees the boy being bullied and he doesn't do anything at first but one of the boys uh kicks his bike and then he turns around and like just boots him in the chest which saves the kid uh Takeshi um who is the son of one of Kakihara's henchmen um and then Gigi goes to or Ichi goes to an apartment uh, he's Gigi tells him you have to go to this apartment. There are bad men there, blah, blah, blah. He pulls up to the apartment, which is where the Anjo gang is hanging out. He walks in and then blood just starts flying out of the open door uh, and body parts and uh guy's face flies out and hits the wall and slides down. Um, 
And uh, yeah, just blood everywhere. He just goes absolutely ape and uh, kills all of these guys. And that's where we uh, uh, we are introduced after this into the corrupt twin po- uh, police detectives, Jiro and Saburo. Uh, and uh, those guys are crazy too. Um, uh, but actually what happens just before that is we find uh, Ichi being assaulted by a brothel keeper because he's up being a pervert, I guess. Uh, and, uh, and Kaneko, the father of Takeshi fi- t- meet, helps him and they go out for a, uh, a dinner together, uh, which is uh, also just wild. Um, that whole scene is like uh, so weird that they're, He's there talking about trying to find the guy who killed all the people, and it's him Mm -hmm. who did it. Um, And then, yeah, Kakihara enlists the help of two corrupt uh, detectives who, for some reason, wear one of them wears dog's ear, like a dog ear headband. Um, And they go to find a prostitute uh, who. um, A guy wears dog ear? I missed that. A guy wears a dog ear headband? Yeah. When he remember they go, they find the prostitute, and then he like puts on the dog ears, and then he goes down and smells her her nethers, and then he's like, "Oh, I know who did it." For some reason, in this in this world, people can like taste whose blood it is and smell each other and stuff. It's really weird. Um, okay, that's it. all right. I don't know. Is this movie about dogs? Is that what it is? <laughs> I this don't is, know. That's that's actually. Takashi Mike was actually just ahead of uh, Todd Haynes in making cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, I already made Ichi Killer, which is just dogs. You know, everyone's a dog in it. You know, that, that would make sense, maybe. Um, anyway, so they find the prostitute and then they torture her. This is where the infamous nipple cutting scene happens. Really hard to watch. Uh, really hard to watch. They cut off her nipples and then beat her. Uh, it is tough it is a tough hang um and then uh, i'm not a fan of nipple cutting that's i love nipples and you know what just leave them be you know yeah and at this point at this point kakihara knows that Gigi is the one that's kind of manipulating things so he goes to find this prostitute who's connected to a guy ryu uh long who is a member of of Gigi's gang that's why they they torture her and um, uh, for leads to find Gigi. Uh, meanwhile, at this time, Gigi is uh, working with Karen because uh, Karen kind of plays the field and works with everybody uh, to seduce Ichi um, by pretending to be the woman who was assaulted in his false memory. Um, Ichi, who is mentally broken beyond repair, uh, conf- is confused by her and uh and oh yeah because he thinks she's like somebody else right yeah she this is the part where my like this part and like the 15 20 minutes prior is like where i stopped following the plot i was like i don't know what's going on there's (laughs) twins this man is a disgraced cop i think that's a killer i don't know yeah there's There's a lot of this 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 movie quickly it starts like this is why we're having a hard like it time. It still keeps adding subplots. Like still late in the movie, it's still yeah. like, oh, here's a fucking fourth plot, and it's like, who, what? Uh, like I said, the movie starts it pretty much 
up until Suzuki's torture, it's like, that's like fairly straight. You're like, what's going on? I don't understand it, but it's fairly straightforward. Then after this, it's literally just like insane scene after insane scene and weird flashbacks and, and kind of cinematography choices. Like when you have the um, Kano in his drug fueled, whatever, they just film him throwing feathers around for a while. It's, it's, it it just starts getting like really weird. And then you kind of get, it's kind of hard to follow because it's just like extreme violence after extreme violence. So if we got the timeline a little bit wrong, just know it's because, um, well, I watched the second half of this with a severe hangover today and Otis watched it a week and a half ago. Um, but you don't really need to know the, the exact, uh, order of this film because it's going to punch you in the face with, uh, uh, perversion and blood either way. Um, uh, so anyway, reach, is this where we reach Gigi's transformation or reveal? Oh no, that's a little bit further down, but that's wild. All right. I was watching it. I was like, yo, okay. Um, so it was funny because we were talking about that yesterday in like video games. So that's a common like Japanese thing. Yeah. But anyways, okay, we'll get to it. Um, so, so, uh, Ichi becomes confused. He thinks that Karen wants, uh, him to assault her. Uh, and then he gets upset and then he, uh, also kills her by first cutting off her leg uh, and then cuts, then swiping her neck uh, and another blood fountain everywhere. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, and then we have leading the, uh, 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 the near, this is going into the end of the film. Um, uh, Gigi informs Kakihara that Ichi's coming to kill him but he gets spotted by one of Kakihara's men and they follow him um, into a building. Uh, and this is the reveal where, Hell where yeah. the guy follows, follows him and, and holds him at gunpoint and Gigi just takes off his clothes. Uh, he yeah. like knocks him down. There's like a little bit of a scuffle. He knocks him down and then he disrobes completely. And it turns out that, now I'm pretty sure this has to be CGI. Like I don't I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense from the way that he looks to switching to the, you know. Yeah. I don't know if it was CGI or what, but he goes from looking like kind of like a regular middle-aged guy to yeah. like he pulls off his clothes and he's got like Schwarzenegger Mr. Olympia body. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's I just love coming. I love coming. It's huge. just coming all the time. Yeah, no, he just goes fucking Hulk mode, like, instantly. Which is, like, a hilariously Japanese, like, trope. Like, there's constantly... Like, I've seen this happen in so many things where it's, like, an almost, like, small, sickly man, almost. Like, you're like, oh, this is a brittle person. And then they disrobe, and then they're just absolutely fucking yoked. Like, even the one dude, the little tiny dude in fucking Dragon Ball Z, the tiny guy with the white mustache. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Master Roshi. Yeah, he's jacked. He's He's, jacked. He's just huge. And then in Metal actually, I was actually just going to say Master Roshi. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, it's like Master Roshi. He looks like an old dude, and then he takes his shirt off, and he's, like, just yoked. 
Yeah, and then the fucking senator from fucking Metal Gear Solid, what is it, that, 4? <laughs> Where he's like, oh, this is just a business, like a fucking business guy, and then takes his suit off, and he's like, oh, no, this is fucking the Hulk. This yeah. is Hulk Hogan. It's 24-inch pythons coming to fucking run a train on you. Like, Anyway, insane. I'm pretty sure this is the last time you see Gigi in the movie. Uh, well, not the last time you see him alive. Um, yeah. And he walks over and just snaps the dude's neck. And then, but you don't see it. He does that thing where it switches to the camera looking up and then it just tilts mm-hmm. and you hear the crunch. But you don't actually see it, which is weird to me considering how absolutely insanely violent. Like there was a dude's face that was sliding, a, a dude's face removed from his body, sliding yeah. down a bloody wall. Like, yeah, we can throw hot oil at a guy, suspend a guy from meat hooks. We can uh, eat a man's fingers off, uh, pull a man's face off, but neck snapping. Too basic. Yeah, Too that basic. that whole when he's the guy's like beating him up and he's like you you have no love in your punches, yeah. and then he he then he takes his his things off and then the guy goes punch him. He just opens his mouth and the guy's arm is like in his mouth and he pulls yeah. it out and his fingers are all bone. Oh, good god! And that doesn't even it's like it's like he's just bon appetit. Just I don't just I don't know if this is out. I mean it's obviously based it on this manga which I haven't read. But I don't know if this is, is supposed to be like spoofing superhero films or spoofing like I don't I don't I, I don't understand if there's like a level of satire or if it's just a fever dream from like a perverted like evil person like a someone who like a homicidal sociopath mm-hmm. who is perverted. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it was just like it's not like. I don't think this movie is trying to make like a statement, like say, um, like funny games, uh, like the French movie, which was then remade exactly shot for shot in America. Like that movie is very much like a direct commentary on like violence in movies and how gratuitous it's getting. I think this movie is just a gratuitously violent movie for the sake of being gratuitously violent. I think there is a market for these types of movies and people are freaks and love this shit. I don't think this movie's trying to, you know, really make a comment on it. Cause this movie is, yeah, it's so feverish. It's so feverish. Like, yeah. yeah and people like, it's not even, like reality, even, even critics were saying like, like Dennis Harvey for variety said, even hardy gonzo cinema odds will likely find the hectic pace overstimulating to the point of numbed out tedium. While I don't necessarily agree with that, this movie moves at a frenetic pace. Like I, like I said, we don't remember exactly where in the film certain things happen because it's just literally violence, 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 violence. And then there's like a little bit of talking, but that's usually just before more violence happens. Like, yeah. it's just, it's wild. I mean, are we at, like, the ending now? At the, yeah, the so, then, so then um, Gigi, he, he disarms Takayama the thug, and he kills him by snapping his neck. Ichi arrives at Kakihara's base, the same, uh, and he finds the two cops that were there. Um, at, uh, at that point, um, one of the cops and Kakihara are out of the room. They return and find the other cop dead. And then Kakihara goes to leave and the um, other brother of the twin cops, he turns and sees something in the dark. And then you see kind of uh, Ichi 
coming out and, uh, and, and he cuts off his head and then there's the famous, his head falling out into the light and rolling. Um, uh, and that's when, uh, Kaneko, Kakihara and Ichi are all run up to the rooftop. Um, I think it's just Ichi and Kakihara at the start. Kakihara runs up. Ichi follows. Kakihara's like, yo, finally, I'm going to get someone to give me some real pain because he loves pain. Like, he literally, he wants to be hurt. He thinks that he's, he says in the film, I'm excited to meet Ichi because he might be able to give me the pain that I want. And uh, and it's not yeah. just he wants to kill him. He's like, no, this guy might actually be able to, like, make me hurt to the point that I reach, I find nirvana like he he is a a sadomasochist like he the part when he cuts off his own tongue he's like happy to do it because he loves pain (laughs) like it's insane he's such an insane character anyway they chase him to the rooftop there's a little back and forth there uh and Kaneko comes up he he Ichi believes that Kaneko is his brother um, there's like a little skirmish back and forth between Ichi and Kakihara. Ichi tries to cut him with his boot, but gets his boot stuck in the fence. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of doing a dance around each other. Uh, there's a little back and forth going on and that's when Kaneko comes up and Ichi suddenly starts crying again. Uh, and yeah. he's like, Oh, why would you do this brother? Why would you shoot me? And this is because Gigi is like broke his brain. Uh, MK altered it, as you said, Uh, and he starts walking towards Kaneko and Kaneko shoots Ichi in the leg twice uh, and Ichi spins around and slits Kaneko's front or throat. Uh, and then he starts spraying blood uncontrollably and walking around spraying blood. And it turns out that just before that, uh, I forgot to mention that Kaneko's son, uh, Takeshi, the boy that um, Ichi saved, uh, is uh, is there. Uh, yes. And uh, and and Takeshi is uh, sees that the um, the his father is spraying blood and he falls down at this point, even though Ichi Ichi got shot, he was able to quickly kick cut uh, Kaneko's throat with, by spinning, Mm -hmm. spin kicking him. But then he collapses on the ground and he's crying. He's wailing the whole time. Uh, And uh, then Kakihara is like, fuck this takes one of his ice picks and just pierces his ears. Yeah. And Um, just, and then achieves, I guess, peace he uh in silence i guess i don't know like that that entire scene is so fucked up like yeah so like i don't know how we're now like this is a two-hour movie and somehow (laughs) it just keeps being like oh yeah like the all the things that we have mentioned before there is still more fucked up shit to happen such as ichi's going to murder this child well, I don't think he actually did, because like no, I, uh, he he. So the so he's on the ground, Ichi's on the ground crying, bleeding from his leg profusely because he was shot twice. I think it was twice. He it was either once or twice, um, and then the kid goes over and starts just beating on Ichi like he's like just kicking him over and over again, and Ichi's crying, and then Kakihara 
looks at them and is and just is list there's like a close up on his face and he's listening to the crying and the wailing and then he's like i guess you know i'm i'm over this and he d- pierces his eardrum and there's like a zoom or like a cgi go into the ear and you see it pierce yeah. the eardrum and then the wailing the 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 color pal the color of you know the um the color palette changes it changes into this blue color as the uh, as the wailing goes away, and he sees uh, that Ichi has decapitated the boy, and the boy's body is now dead on the ground, and he's holding his head, and he drops it, and then Ichi runs at Kakihara and does this downward kick, and inserts the blade into uh, into his forehead, which causes Kakihara to fly over to the ledge of a stairwell land on the stairwell and then fall. And while he's falling, he says, Oh, you've done it. Ichi like, yes, you know, and he's like so happy. And then he hits the ground. Um, actually you do see Gigi again alive. Cause Gigi goes to his body and yeah. he sees that there's no wound in his head. So that's kind of symbolizing that he hallucinated, uh, Takeshi's murder and Ichi's attack. And he just, jumped off the roof because he yeah but then it's also like what in this movie was then real like was ichi just like imagining all these extremely violent episodes like that's the thing yeah no like when you said it earlier like this is just a fever dream of violence is that's exactly what it is because especially how it ends it's like okay so was he an absolute freak? Like, did he just cut a kid's head off? And then it's like, well, no, because the movie ends with, you know, what you suspect is that kid growing up. So, so many questions, so many, so many mutilated bodies, so many cut limbs, so many, so much blood. Yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, I don't, and they, they, and then, yeah, so at the very end, you see this kind of flash forward where you see Gigi's body hanging from a tree. And there's a young man who is, I guess, supposed to be the older Takeshi leaving the park, uh, walking away. He looks back at the body and a crow flies by him and then he leaves. And again, there's all these like kind of allusions and alliterations and references, not alliterations, uh, allusions and references to like kind of superhero stuff because he's got like the crow that follows him around um which is just i don't know why that is the case but anyway uh, i guess it's implied that Gigi is killed by this takeshi who had witnessed all this violence who has now turned himself into a violent killer um which is like again fever dreamish you know like it's yeah. it's this film is presented in a world where all of this stuff is like like firstly you it's not most of these deaths are not possible like i don't think that he could kick through a guy's body with a blade on his boot like i don't think he could slice a guy in half no. with the and the way that he falls like and and yeah and kakihara eating that guy's hand and then they can like smell blood and do all this stuff and figure out what's going on. And it's just so weird. But it's, it's funny, like the violence is almost so over the top. And like 
at times funny. Like it's um the only like it's similar to the boys or really any uh uh uh, Garth Ennis like comic book adaptation like it's just so violent and over the top where you're like this is like you just have to almost laugh at it because it's just like what how else am I supposed to react to this well and it's like, so it's so weird because it's it's like some of it is fun and over the top and then some of it is genuinely disturbing and it's weird yeah. to see them play off of one another the kind of the you know the the more serious painful violence uh and the like deep rooted psychological stuff that's there is all very serious but then there are parts where he where where Mike plays with violence in a way that it it becomes comical it becomes over the top and insane yeah. and so it's like this weird dichotomy where you're watching it and you're going like you're like upset at certain points but then at other mm-hmm. points you're like no way that that just happened. And then it go, you know, like it's just, and then also the whole, he paints the underworld as this constantly violent, constantly like, and not violent in just like, in like the kind of like, Oh, you know, uh, people get killed, you know, like it's yeah, like literally you know, everybody like threats of violence and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's like the most, it's the most violent. It's like, okay. Instead of say, you know, like if any sort of like, you know, gangster interaction, you'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, the gangster guys, they go and they rough the guy up and they, uh, you know, question him a bit. Like, you know, a typical scene like that would be like, you know, they break to a dude's house, beat the shit out of him. And they're like, okay, fucking give me the information. And this one, it's like, oh, no, we're going to go. We're going to rip the dude's nipples off and shove him up his ass and then, you know, play with his nose. And it's like, what? And you and you're and you're going to film that? Yeah, of course I'm going to film that. And it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this movie is just what the fuck the movie. That's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's uh, and it has a and there's like and the scenes like the chaos of it is nicely um, complemented by the uh, the the music the score. Because the score is like this weird, like noisy garage, like stoner rock music, which is like music I would just casually listen to. But like, it makes sense. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of like, again, this all ties in like as far as the technical side of the film, the use of like oversaturated and grainy footage in the flashbacks, the kind of introduction of the hallucinated streets of japan mm-hmm. um you know the the even just the editing and the cutting and the way that things you know are put together it's and it's just frantic and like over the top but I, I, one one um there was a quote that i read from uh from uh the the uh i forget who it was who said it but I wrote it down. The film as a whole is a completely cohesive unity in in that all its parts are absolutely crucial to the functioning of the whole. Uh, This is him talking about censoring it and cutting it down. Any censorship or toning down the violence will have the opposite effect and will in fact make the film more uh, exploitative and thereby undermining its critical stance. Um, excising scenes of violence, particularly the painful scenes, will harm the symbiosis between the playful and painful violence, which form the basis of Mike's critical and technical approach. Um, 
which is again that's very much what this film is it's like it's crazy controlled chaos uh i also like the fact that i never really thought about it but um the author of the original manga uh hideo yamamoto who worked closely on the film described the plot as a love story between Kakihara and Ichi who represent the full extremes of their roles in the BDSM world. Kakihara being the masochist uh, and Ichi being the sadist. Whereas Ichi gets turned on by, uh, by rage and violence and Kakihara enjoys pain and, and seeing pain and that they're two sides of the same coin in a sense. Um, which also kind of informs the characters like Kakihara is like this weird, grimy, but like super cool level-headed freak who likes pain. And Ichi is like this crying child of a man who gets a boner after he kills people literally happens in the film. Forgot to say that he gets a boner after killing someone. He goes, Oh, I have a boner. So, you know, I'm erect or whatever he says. (laughs) He's like, what? What? I mean, I, this movie is a a mind bending experience. Yeah, it reminded me like the violence in this movie. Like it reminded me of Japanese deathmatch wrestling, which is just like it is so insane. Like it, uh, there's a episode of Dark Side of the Ring about um, I forget the guy's name, but he had his own like hardcore wrestling company throughout like the 80s and 90s in japan and like you know just the it's just like people just like nearly killing each other in like the wrestling ring and like you know like uh, like that's the thing it's like thinking about it's like violent like there's so many like different um avenues for violence as entertainment like there's this like this is a movie where you know people are like how would anyone possibly ever watch this and it's like well i don't know fifty thousand people are at the tokyo dome watching deathmatch wrestling i don't know millions of people tune in to watch fucking you know ufc fights just watch dudes give each other irreparable brain damage so you know movie violence in movies probably is you know on the lowest level like sure it looks the worst but like, you know, horror movies behind the scenes are fun because in most cases it's probably like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is jackfruit covered in some weird gooey sugary shit, you know? But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know where this I'm going with this tangent of just like violence. I was just thinking of like the different ways of like I like indulge violence in my life as entertainment. And like we it's just like kind of something that we don't really think about until you see something like this and you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a, I'll just go back to people getting shot. It's, you know? it, this is, it's, it's gory. It's very subversive. It, but while also being like a hammer, you know, it's very controlled chaos, controlled dichotomy and the violence switches between kind of playful and like serious, painful violence and it's all done in Mike's like very stylistic and thought out world based on a manga, which the worlds created in mangas are, are 
completely fluid and and don't follow yeah. the rules of reality. So this is a comic book yeah. adaptation. Like we should say flat out that this is a in a in some kind of a weird way. It's a superhero movie, but it's also because because yeah. like it's it's just such a weird weird film. And I think that the dialogue about this film. I think you were really smart to bring up Saw uh, and Hostel and stuff like that because movies like that changed changed the way you look at a movie like this. I mean, this movie yeah. is from 2001, and at the time, like, they had the gag when they showed it in at, in the festivals that people were given barf bags and apparently somebody fainted because it was so... And, and I, I will also say there is no way you could get away with probably making this movie today. I mean, especially in America, not within a major studio, like you, like you could never make a Hollywood movie like this. That's for sure. Yeah, but like, you know, you can definitely do it like outside of the studio system. Like you know, weeks ago, I talked about you know the house that Jack built, the Lars von Scheer movie, and how that has such fucking over the top violence at times. Also, I watched the movie and another movie I mentioned a couple weeks ago, The Sadness, which is like a Taiwanese movie that just came out. Uh, last year it's now on shutter so if you have shutter go watch it and that movie is that's the whole point of the movie is that it's just over the top violence um like there's a spoiler alert in the sadness there's a scene where a guy gouges a woman's eyes out and then fucks her eye like eye hole good lord like yeah it's insane it's insane and also that movie is slightly based off of the comic book crossed which was originally written by Garth Ennis, who also created The Boys and Preacher. So, you know, all of his shit is super over-the-top violence. So, like, sorry? I was just going to say, have you watched the first episode of The Boys yet? No, not of the third season. Oh, my. just dropped today. God. I'll probably go watch it right after we finish recording. Oh, my God. I was watching the... um, did you know they did like a series of like shorts of the boys? I forget what's diabolical. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. And like each episode's in a different animation style, which is um like I I watched it right after I watched uh, Rescue Rangers because Rescue Rangers also has multiple different animation styles and mixes live action with animation. It's also made by the Lonely Island and it's fucking hilarious. But um in diabolical, each episode's a different um. Uh, animation i watched one today which was actually the garth ennis episode and just the amount of violence in that animation of like a dude going mock to speed and then smashing through a body and then like crushing his body on a wall like there's so much violence now there is so much yeah. violence well right i was now. gonna and say like, people are cool with it now i think that's what i was trying to say in the last little tangent i went is that people are like cool with violence now like Remember when like Kill Bill um, came out and Quentin Tarantino has that iconic interview with the one chick and she's like, Quentin, how could you make a movie that's so violent like Kill Bill? And Quentin Tarantino's like, because it's fun, Jan. It's fun. And it's like, <laughs> yes, that's that's the little quote. It's yeah. because it's fun. Well, I mean, Jan. we live in like the this game this movie is 2001 and this the and and you know the the way that japanese cinema approaches like violence and gore and, and anime and all that stuff it becomes cartoonish and then of course that's picked up with kill bill um and quentin tarantino um uh you know most of his films are are uh 
uh, he pulls directly from Asian cinema, Korean cinema. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Reservoir Dogs is pretty much a, a, a remake of something. Even, even Scorsese with The Departed and Infernal Affairs and stuff like that. Like, it's all, uh, you know, that, that, that a lot of this stuff was happening in Japan leading up to it. Isn't Infernal, isn't that Hong Kong? Oh yeah, that might have been. Uh, no, no, I know, but I said the the um, Pulp Fiction or no Reservoir Dogs was based on a Korean film. Um, oh yeah, the, the yeah, just a was, lot of like a lot of American directors pull from Asian cinema. Yeah, yes, and yeah. then and because of the way that violence was portrayed in these films, uh, you know, you had the spillover, and then you had people who wanted to see gore you wanted to give the people who want to see saw hostile final destination all of that stuff and even some of the harder stuff and you have people making films like antichrist you have games uh you have a lot of like uh um movies that explore and tv shows as you pointed out with like the boys and stuff like that mm-hmm. which are willing to delve into that level of violence now because uh it's become kind of more uh acceptable because of this spillover that we had with um the kind of gore film and also like psychological stuff like the house that jack built or or um oh what's the one with uh with homeboy with joaquin phoenix uh and he's the girl the little girl it was an amazon one. oh you uh, were never really here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Beats people with the hammer yeah yeah, yeah. Um, or oh fuck it and then also uh old like old boy Yep. Like that, the original an, Korean yep. movie, like that movie, it, that movie has been jacked so many times. Like the scene of him in the hallway has been recreated a million times in very, like didn't da- Daredevil did a scene of it. Yeah, fucking, with the Punisher in the hallway. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, that, and I mean, even that movie, like the kind of themes that, that, that Asian cinema, Japanese cinema, Korean cinema, that they explored in their films, uh, were very kind of taboo stuff, you know, like even old boy, it's like, he's, he's, he's banging his daughter. Like that's wild. Spoiler alert. If Spoiler alert. If you haven't old seen, boy. Yeah, if you haven't seen old boy. Um, and then you see the fact that some of that stuff translates well and some of it doesn't like they did the old boy remake, which didn't, it didn't translate as well. Like some of the stuff works yeah. and some of it doesn't. And I don't think that this film, if they made an American version, it would work at all. Because it's no. just, it's literally, it's like this, the, the, the surrealism of, of manga and, and Japanese cinema, the violence, the hyper violence, the, the, uh, taboo subjects of, of, uh, you know, BDSM of, uh, sexual assault of prostitution of, of, uh, kind of like the overkill, uh, of, the yakuza in his world in this world of the manga and world of the film it's there's just something about this that's like it works together but it is an insane watch like it's if you if you don't like there is stuff that i in my mind has aged poorly i don't like the there's a lot of kind of sexual assault stuff in it which i mean i get it where the characters are representative of sadism and masochism. And, and this film is just like literally coded to hyper violence, hyper sexuality, hyper, you know, 
and and all that stuff. But there was some stuff that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. uh, But again, that's what Mike wanted. He wanted to create this dichotomy of. Maybe he didn't. I'm not going to speak for him. But what I I, mean, if you watch this movie and you're like, oh yeah, that was a comfortable watch, you should turn yourself in somewhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's but I mean it's important to talk about it because um you know it did spawn it did open the door for a lot of things and I'm I'm it's really interesting that the boys dropped today and I I would I I want you to watch the first episode um Oh, I will. Uh and I want to talk about it because there is a scene in the, that episode that I think was as gory, if not worse than anything in this movie. And it's, it's funny, but it's also disgusting. Like I was like, this is a whole new level of perverted weirdness, violence, Mm -hmm. but it's happening today in 2022 and the culture is different around it. The the kind of acceptance of violence is different. Whereas in 2001, I couldn't imagine seeing this at the Toronto Film Festival and being like, what? I mean, I watched it today and was like, what? Um, but it's yeah, such a, it's such, still... it's so weird. It's such a weird film because it balances this kind of, comedy and surrealism with these like super heavy ideas and like for example a prime example of this would be when Gigi takes off his clothes and then he like bodybuilding poses like he like flexes a couple times and then he walks (laughs) over and just cracks the guy's neck and the guy for the rest of the the whole movie looked like a middle-aged like frail dude and then for yeah. some reason, out of nowhere, he takes off his clothes and then he's probably like, he's like Olympic bodybuilder level body. And he flexes mm-hmm. for the dude before he breaks his neck. Why? Like, that's so yeah. weird. It's almost funny. Like, it's. Yeah, I feel like, see, if you saw that exact scene, exact same scene in an anime, like that would not be out of place, like in any way whatsoever. And I think that's the, the the aesthetic of this whole movie is that it's like, since it is adapted from a manga, so it's like, I feel like this could have easily have just as been an anime, but if it was an anime, it wouldn't have had the effect because people like, you know, people have seen Berserk and like other ultra violent anime shows where it's blood, like splashing the screen and all and just going but like you take that exact same level of violence, which is cartoonish as an anime because it's literally cartoon, and but then do it with live action, and it's just like whoa, 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 whoa! You can't do that. You can't have that much blood. But it's like, well, why not? I can animate that much blood. I can draw that much blood, and no one bats a fucking eye. We consider that entertainment for young adults. But then you know, fucking you know, just switch the exact same scene but be like oh that's a real actor that you can see and we cgi'd his body being cut in half instead of you know animating but then people are like this is fucking insane and and it should be said here that there are a lot of people who really love this movie 
Like oh, there yeah. are people who are like, yeah, it's a Ichi the plan. Killer is a masterpiece. Like they're, and to a degree, I understand why they feel this way because it kind of is a masterpiece of insane hyperviolence surrealism action i don't i don't even know what you, you know like this this is it's disturbing and shocking and violent and over the top but there is genius in it i mean i we you could talk about this film in so many different ways and you don't even know if takeshi mike just was like oh I just want to make this because the manga is insane and I want to have fun being violent. Like maybe there was no depth to what he's doing, but the place of violence and culture in the past, however many years, especially in consumable art and stuff, it, 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 it spawns from things like this and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like there's huge discussions that can be had about that kind of stuff, which is in this film, but it's from 21 years ago, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's yeah. just, there's so many, uh, and, and people like I, I'm on IMDb right now. I'm looking at the, um, reviews and the people who are writing it, it's like, you know, uh, nine out of 10, eight out of 10, 10 out of 10, uh, eight out of 10, 10 out of 10. And people are just saying like, so here's one. What can one say about Ichi the Killer? I do have to say, without a doubt, it is one of the most unique films I've ever seen. I was afraid going in after hearing all the hype that it would just be gore for the sake of gore. But the way it portrayed the characters are what really drive the movie and make it stand out from other gore fests. Uh, it may be my sick personality, but I found myself laughing a lot through the movie. There's a lot of black humor and surrealism in the film, which I enjoy. I would not consider this a horror movie by any means, though, as I was not scared at all while watching it. It had none of the tendencies of a traditional horror film. Um, the, the only thing that kept me from giving it a 10 stars was the ending, which was a bit abstract, but I'm sure it was intended that way. Uh, I would recommend this film to anyone because it's something everyone should experience. Um, just do yourself a favor and watch it. Like people are enamored with this and stylistically like Takashi Miike does. It's, it is very stylized. Like it is very oh, yeah. much, you know, there's a lot of cool shit in there. There's a lot of artsy and experimental stuff in there too. And like, that's that's why like it's so crazy that this film exists because like like as I mentioned very early on like there's those strange um sort of transitioning shots where it's very like French new wave where it's like jump cuts and it has like the really blown out colors and like you know it, and yeah it has like a very dream like sequence and there's times where he puts that in it and very odd there's a lot of odd cuts and edits throughout this movie. Again, like the plot is sort of difficult to follow at times. Like if you miss some things, you might be confused for the next 10 minutes until you piece it together. Yeah, it's there's it's, there's some some stuff here. It's and this, very unconventional in yeah. so many different ways. And that's and that again, it that puts the the that adds to the kind of 
frenetic onslaught of, of stuff that you're seeing and experiencing. It's like these insanely violent outbursts with and new characters and story points are added all the time uh, at random. It seems interspersed with these, you know, oversaturated art new or, uh, you know, uh, French new wave or Italian cinema type shots. Um, and then you have like experimental stuff in there and then there's random, as you said, cuts and, and it just moves in this yeah. weird kind of, as I said, controlled chaos that. And it, at times of we're also a strange mixture of uh, practical and CGI effects. Like it's very like they're like that. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on recording or before, but for some reason, uh, Kaka hires, ember of his cigarette is cgi for like no it makes reason. no sense makes it no makes sense. no sense for that for that to be a cgi thing and like just the decisions of things that are cgi and things that aren't it's like who's making are they just pulling things out of the hat like yeah this scene is this going to be cgi or live action hat says Live action. Let's go, boys. And then and there's like, like a random part, and also to the point of like the as you said, like they keep introducing weird story points, but like that whole thing about the guy and his son is just like shoehorned in there. Yeah, there's that like, doesn't come into like the third act. It doesn't come until the like, third what? act, and you're like, why? What? Why is he talking about? It? And there's no real like point of it aside from the payoff of the kid seeing his own dad bleeding and dying and then becoming a part of this violent system, um, yeah. which is just it, it, it. And you didn't even, you, you probably didn't even need it, but it, but it's in there. And then there's the moment in the, in the restaurant where, where um, now I can't remember the dad's name. Uh, 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 Kaneko where Kaneko is, yeah. is helps Ichi who had been like acting like a freak at the, at a brothel and he's getting beat up and he helps him and goes to go takes him out and buys him food and talks to him. And is like, you know, the, it sets up this whole thing. That's like, it's like weirdly human in this, like insanely like hyper, like surreal world that they live in. It's just, there's, it's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, um, kind of like tension between it's just like, as I was saying about the difference between the playful violence and the dark humor, and then the like actual heavy themes and the painful violence and the, the, the kind of like the, even the, the, even Gigi who's like literally mentally abusing someone into becoming a homicidal killer. Like, like that's insane. That's like, that's really fucked up. But in that world, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. You know, like, what is going on in this movie? Um, yeah, it's this, this one is something totally unique. And, uh, and it just, it's, yeah, if you can't deal with gore, this is not the film for you. But, oh, that's for sure. But, you know, there is something about this film that makes it, uh, a cult classic it's people love it like I'm looking at all of the responses on 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 Google and on 
IMDb and people love this movie. Yeah, uh, I think Takashi Miike is very he's a very beloved filmmaker cuz like there's so many like the dude has a 100 films and his output is insane. He makes multiple films a year and like you can just like like he has so much different shit that like you can just find like he has a whole you know, he has does like a soul subgenre of like weird yet violent Yakuza movies and like crime movies. He also does like family movies and stuff. He does straight up like horror movies. Like he made the original one missed call, which, you know, they did in America and sucked. He also made Audition, which is one of the wildest horror movies, like one of the sickest horror movies. And he um, did that a couple of years before. Like that yeah, was, in, was 99. That was in 99. He did audition he did um yeah he and then he had ichi the killer agitator he did 13 assassins is that him he did the ultraman yeah. movie he did uh blind swordman zaitachi uh zatoichi uh 13 yeah the 13 assassins and zatoichi is is later in the 2000s um yeah, he just makes so many he makes horror movies, he makes I mean the he made a movie called Ninja Kids, which is a family-oriented comedy film. <laughs> like, he just makes so That's, many he just, yeah. he's he literally is like, oh, he did Yakuza Apocalypse, which is an action fantasy Yakuza vampire film. Jesus. Like Man, this dude is the wild. Japanese know how to have fun. That's that's one thing you cannot knock them for entertainment wise is they know how to have fun. Like if you like look at like we were talking about this yesterday, how just absolutely batshit crazy like Japanese video games are, but they're so fun. Like yeah, like just if you think of like just the plot of like yesterday we were specifically talking about Hideo Kojima games and it's just like yeah so Daryl is an Amazon delivery guy in the apocalypse oh, yeah. we were talking about that we were talking about and it's like that's a Metal plot Gear that's Solid. a plot and it's like yeah that yeah only a Japanese Japanese guy could come up with something so fucking crazy what, what was it that you said about because I, I said I would have loved to see what his Silent Hill was about and you're like yeah Ron Perlman would be the house yeah, just Ron Perlman in the house. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, yeah, and he he also made um, Blade of the Immortal, which was out on it's on Netflix. Um, that was in 2017. That's like a samurai film, but it's like a it's like a fantasy samurai film. Um, he also did the uh, live action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie. Um, he did he does a lot of manga adaptations um yakuza films horror films family films uh i mean the dude literally has hundreds of films oh like, yeah like you go RG. you go all the way back like he's he does all different types of stuff um he did uh yeah, there's a there's a lot. You just go look through his his uh on his, on the Wikipedia. Go look through his uh filmography and just as you're going down, 
uh, I would highly recommend because as you go over it, you put put your cursor over the titles of the films. It brings up a little box that gives you the summary of of the film, um, yeah. and uh, just look at how absolutely n- nuts uh, some of the <laughs> summaries are. Like a yakuza vampire fantasy vampire movie. Like what? Um, yeah, man. Yeah, he's he's but he's great. Like he's he's yeah. he's great. Uh I oh. I'm I, I'm not gonna he is uh very, very important. Um he also did uh Harikiri, um, which is a, a samurai film. He did Oh my the, god, he made an ace attorney game based on the Japanese video games. He made an ace attorney wow. show movie? Yeah, a movie. Yes. Oh my God! He did in 2012. Yeah, this Japanese is... legal comedy drama film. <laughs> oh my God! Imagine it's just like a Japanese remake of Liar Liar. That'd be hilarious. Oh no! Or it's just a Japanese remake of My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. They these uh, he's he just goes, man. And you know what? I respect him. And you're right. They do know how to have fun and they know how, and, and, and he's in, he's, there are some other, uh, fantastic, um, he did Gozu, One Missed Call, the Dead or Alive trilogy. Um, he, he, he's, he, and he does everything, violent, bizarre movies and then dramatic stuff and then family friendly. He did like a spy thriller that went, that was, uh, very highly, um, praised, um, but yeah, no, he's he's one of those people in in uh in in Japanese film that just he's just doing crazy crazy stuff. Um Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's Takashi Mike and Ichi the Killer, just uh just a tour de force of just gratuitous violence and fun, yeah. but you know it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable experience but like it's good i don't know if i don't know if you're not into violence in any way this obviously is not for you but obviously you know we we told you about that at the very beginning and also i don't know man i don't know this this is definitely i think the wildest movie we've talked about so far yeah and i mean we didn't even get into like this could have been like a real uh, cause there are parts in this film that are kind of, as I said, the, the kind of like sexual assault stuff. And, and there are parts of this film that really haven't aged well. And they also in today's climate, it just, it doesn't read really nicely. Um, but within the world of the film and, and the kind of like dichotomy between the painful and the playful and all of the stuff that we've talked about that they, that, that there's a real, you know, there's a real masterwork in there and there's a reason why it's become such a big cult film, but, um, not for your, not for your average family goer. Like don't, don't sit down and pop this in with your girlfriend who knows nothing about it. You know, this is not a film that you want to sit down with your mom and pop and watch. Uh, it is hyper violent, hyper gory, very it deals with some very serious themes even if it deals with it in a playful way 
stuff about like mental abuse, um, you know. Um, ooh, per- I just thought so. If I were to say the only sort of American equivalent I can think of this movie would be um, like House of a Thousand Corpses or like The Devil's Rejects by Rob Zombie. Because those movies kind of also mix super stylized and like such over the top violence. I think that's those are the only two American movies I can think of right now that like kind of have the same energy of this movie. Oh, you want to hear something wild about Takeshi uh, Mike? This is insane. In 2005, Mike was invited to direct an episode of Masters of the Masters of Horror Anthology series. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know about this. The yeah. series featuring episodes by a range of established horror directors such as John Carpenter, uh, Toby Hooper, uh, Dario Argento, uh, was supposed to provide directors with relative creative freedom and relaxed restrictions on violent and sexual content. Some sexual content was edited from uh, the Argento-directed episode Jennifer. However, when the Showtime Cable Network acquired the rights to the series, Mike's episode Imprint was deemed too disturbing for the network. Uh, They canceled it from the broadcast lineup even after an extended negotiation that was retained as part of the series DVD release. Um, You can uh, actually buy it as a standalone movie. Yeah, It, um, It comes through my work quite often and it very popular but like yeah no it that movie i forget what it's called like it was a imprint it's still still called imprint yeah so it's only like 60 or 70 minutes long but it's been released as like a standalone movie and that's like the whole marketing is that it's like this is the movie too violent to air on american television so there that's literally takashi mike is just too sick for america that's yeah and i'm using sick as in literally sadistic and dude is sick dude he's good we didn't even we could have talked far more about the technical proficiencies i mean we touched on it briefly but this film is like it is a discussion piece it is there's Mm -hmm. so many things you can unpack about it i almost was like worried going into talking about it because there's a lot of problematic stuff. There's a lot of violence, a lot of gore, but then there's also the kind of dark comedy and surrealist comic book manga aesthetics. And there's the cool technical stuff that he did and the kind of like experimental uh, camera work and cuts and all that. Like there's so many aspects of this film that are just like it. You can just talk about because they're so bombastic and so wild. And um, it's such a, it's like a maze of a movie you watch it and you, you know, it's hard to keep track of what happens where, because you're still thinking about the fact that you saw a guy get cut in half while you're watching another guy get his fingers sucked off by a mouth that can unhinge. But then all, you know, like there's just so much going on. (laughs) Nipples get cut off, man. Like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much all we can say. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you like, if you're a fan of gore, if you're a fan of Japanese, if you're, freak, cinema, if you're a certified freak, seven days a week, um, yeah. then yeah, you will, you will enjoy this. Or even if you're just like a, you actually care about film history and you want to see some, something, 
um, you know, that, that it's, it is not necessarily an easy watch, uh, and it is not necessarily, um, going to be for everybody, but it is considered a cult classic and, and very, uh, in in some ways influential uh, i think it's more the kind of violent movement in japanese cinema as a whole yeah. but or the the way that they show violence in japanese cinema as a whole but um yeah it's ichi the killer man it's uh everybody in this sh- in the movie is kind of evil and perverted and, and wild and it's a, a ride i'll call it that i don't i don't know um, I do, I do appreciate the greatness in it though. I do see yeah. what people see. And if you're, as I said, into, you know, if you're a gore hound and you want to watch something gory or you're, uh, uh, you know, you, you want, you really like Japanese cinema or you really like film history or, you know, you got a strong stomach stomach. It's, it's a watch. It'll, it'll stick with you for, for a bit. Um, uh, and it's definitely one to be discussed, but it is, uh, not for everybody. As I said, don't sit down with your parents with this one uh, no. unless you want to do a lot of explaining. Um. Yeah, or <laughs> if you just want to, like, scar somebody. Like, unrelated, slightly unrelated story, but this is something I've been randomly thinking about recently, is that when, when did it come? I forget when The 40-Year-Old Virgin came out. But when that movie came out on video, that was the only time my family decided to have like a family movie night is me and my brother, my mom, my dad sat down and watched the four year old virgin. And there was just like a lot of sex and nudity in it. And it was just very uncomfortable. And then I remember like after the movie ended, my parents were just like, okay. And then like we just dispersed. And I was like, so (laughs) we're just not going to say anything about this. We're just not going to. Okay, like that's that's like what? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was like only like 12 or like 13 watching that movie. And it's like, okay, tits and like nudity, sure, but like no one's gonna say anything about this. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. No no one's gonna I, I bring ju- up the elephant in the room here. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just a strange family watching movie experience. So like, I don't know. If that was, if you think that was an awkward experience, just imagine, you know, sitting down with mom and dad and watching Ichi. That's just, you know, your parents would probably be like, "Yeah, we're not inviting him ever back to our house." Yeah, our son it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a tough hang at times, um, yeah. and it has a lot of problematic stuff. But yeah. um, anyway, you know, that's that's Ichi the killer. That's Ichi the killer. We're now we're uh, just walked in circles now. And uh, and if you if you uh, uh, if you like uh, also weird dark humor and violence, the boys season three did drop uh, and I've seen the first episode and it is wild and bombastic as to be expected from that show. Um, we also have uh, stranger things season four part one is out. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a lazy bird in the near future to talk about all of the stuff that's dropped over this very inconsistent past month and a bit that we've, uh, we've been doing, uh, dealing with our own stuff. Um, and, uh, Obi-Wan is out too. And I, I have some thoughts on that. Um, we were talking about it last night and talking about star Wars films or star Wars shows and all that stuff in general. So we'll, we'll table that for, for a, a later date. Um, this is a pretty lit long episode, so we, we won't we won't ramble here at the end. Uh, yeah. 
we'll just we'll just talk about it on a on another episode where we uh yeah because we got some sick things coming up like next week we're gonna be sitting down with brian um the director writer of snow blinded and talking about snow blinded which also snow blinded uh premieres uh june 16th at the apollo theater uh get tickets uh snowblindedmovie.com i think you get tickets uh check ticket scene i think where the tickets are available and then also june 26 regicide premieres at the original princess so yeah so next week we'll be talking to brian we'll be talking about snow blinded and just kind of some horror movies in general so you know this week's kind of a good sort of uh segue into next week which then, you know, that since we're doing that next week, that kind of, you know, fucks up our, you know, four episode plan of Japanese movies. So we'll end up coming. We'll, well, anyway, the next Japanese movie we're, we were going to do, we we're going to do an American movie influenced by Jap- Japanese cinema, uh, yeah. which I don't think we've settled on a title yet. But like, you know, we're looking at you, stuff like The Matrix, um, Ghost Dog kill bill you know we're looking at stuff like that so you know that's that's where we're thinking something like that so we'll do we'll we'll have brian on next week to talk about snow blinded and talk about that then we have the snow blinded premiere the week after that so probably we'll do a little bit of clandestine uh 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 content making at that premiere and we'll tack it on to our last episode on uh on Japanese uh, cinema, which will be the influence of Japanese cinema and American cinema. Um, And we'll pick something sick to talk about. And then after that, uh, I think we're going to go back to maybe not talking about movies for a little bit. We'll talk about a game or we'll talk about something different. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, thanks for hanging with us. Um, Go to the premieres, Snow Blinded, Regicide, if you're in the region. Uh, apologies again for our, our kind of inconsistency as of late. It's just been a very busy time, uh, but uh, we're, we're going to get back on track for the rest of June. And uh, it'll be exciting to have Brian on talk about the making of the film and uh horror film in general. And, uh, and then we'll get back to uh, back to regular posting, but uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, this was, yeah, this is, this was uh a wild ride, a wild ride this week. We'll see you next week. Always remember, initiate the protocol. You, oh, you know what? I forgot our socials. I'm yeah, at whatever. It's in the bio. Oh, it's or in the bio. Course. Yeah, go, go look ahead. in the go bio. Ahead. It's fine. You'll find us. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening and initiate the protocol. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Peace. Yeah. Peace.